Hello and welcome to Staff Room Soapbox, the podcast where people in education get to stand on their soapbox and tell us about what really matters to them and why you should care about it too. Today I'm thrilled to be joined by Ian Eagleton, children's author of books such as Violet's Tempest, Nen and Lonely Fisherman, The Woodcut and the Snowplints, and now Glitter Boy, his brand new book, which I cannot wait to get my hands on. So hi Ian, how are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm really well, thank you. How are you? I'm great, thank you. It's wonderful having you on, especially as it's LGBT History Month, something that I know is very important to the both of us. Um, so for those who don't know you or don't know much about you, tell us about yourself. I was a primary school teacher for 13 years and then I sort of went part time and started doing resource writing and trying to write for children as well. And then just before the pandemic hit, I got two book deals for Nen and the Lonely Fisherman and Violet's Tempest. So I've stepped away for teach, from teaching for now. Um, I don't know if I'll go back or not yet. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure I've got the energy. We've just adopted a little boy and I'm not sure I've got the energy to teach. I don't know how people manage it. Um, so yeah, so now I sort of write full time. That is my job as children's author. Um, I started off in picture books and then I've moved into middle grade. Um, and we've got lots of exciting books lined up for the next few years and they've all got LGBTQ plus inclusivity at the heart of them. Um, they're not all about it, it's not about pushing it onto anyone, it's just about inclusion and um, letting people know about the LGBTQ plus community and all our strengths and celebrate everything that we have achieved. So yeah, that's, that's me, that's my books really. So I read The Woodcutter and Snow Prince to my son just for Christmas and he loved it. And I was waiting for him to say all the way along that, oh, there's two men in love. But he didn't. When I asked him what the story is about, he was about, oh, it's about snow and magic. And I think that's what we sometimes do as adults. We overthink it because if we introduce these books to children younger, they just see it as every day. You know, they don't spot the differences that we spot as adults. So obviously it's LGBT History Month. What was school like for you? Oh, terrible. <laughs> Awful. Um, yeah, no, I had a great time at primary school. I had great fun. I used to love writing stories and um, playing in the playground. I was, you know, very happy. Um, I was always aware I was a little bit different to the other boys in that I didn't really like football and I always sort of played with the girls and I liked writing and drawing and things like that. Um, but yeah, secondary school was, um, yeah, tough, really, really tough. Um, I always say I grew up under the long shadow of Section 28, um, that series of laws and legislations that prevented you from promoting homosexuality in schools. Um, so yeah, if you know anything that marked you out as different was a real issue. And I remember on my first day at secondary school, one of the boys said to me, you sound like a girl. Mm. And I was like, oh, what, really? Um, I had quite, I think I've, I've got quite a soft voice maybe. It was quite gentle at the time. I don't know about now. Um, it's just croaky and tired from <laughs> looking after a two-year-old. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that was that was it. Um, as soon as they'd marked me out as you've got a girl's voice, that was it. And they decided when I was 11 that I was gay. And that was that really. Um, so yeah, I was pushed, I was shoved, I was spat at, um, I was ignored. Um, 
rumors about me, um, all sorts of things. It was awful. It was, it was really, really very scary. And um, the worst thing, and I can do it now, but a couple of years ago, I couldn't, I couldn't even listen to someone else do it. Um, they used to sit in class um, at the back and they just used to, for the whole lesson, they'd go, Ian, 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 um, for a whole hour. And then I'd move to the next lesson and they'd do it again. And it was terrifying. Um, and I think what I wasn't aware of until a few years ago when I had a breakdown um, was that um, when we experience trauma, we often talk about flight or fight. But um, what I did, which I didn't know anything about, was that I froze. You can also freeze mm, yeah. when you experience trauma. And my whole body just shut down completely. Um, and for years, I was like, no, I wasn't bullied at school. Everything was fine. I wasn't bullied at school. Couldn't remember anything about it. Literally couldn't remember anything about it. And then started having nightmares when I was sort of like 30, waking up screaming, lashing out, punching the wall, like seeing all these faces from school, people around me and everything. So that it was a really difficult period. It was a real continued um, sort of assault on, yeah. you know, it was it was very difficult. You know, as with many other LGBT people who are around the same age as us, you know, we grew up with lots of bullying. Certainly for me, the school ignored it and it led eventually to a breakdown when I was about 20. And it was only about two years ago that I was able to think back about it because I stopped myself from thinking about it before that as a defence mechanism because it hurt too much. And we shouldn't have had to do that. You know, schools should always be inclusive places. But unfortunately, they weren't those inclusive places. And it's why people like you and I now are so passionate about it, because we don't want other children to go through the same thing. So do you think that schools have moved on? Is education in a better place for LGBT people? Um, I think there's definitely been huge improvements. Just one in teachers' awareness about the LGBTQ plus community. Lots of research obviously done by Stonewall into... Um, how pu pupils experience school. Um, I've loved to see so many teachers sort of using different LGBTQ plus inclusive picture books in their primary schools, which I think is one of the best ways to introduce different relationships, different people, different lives to our children. Um, so, yeah, and I, I think, you know, I often see a huge amount of work being done by librarians as well in secondary schools to ensure that their library is inclusive and welcoming. Um, so yeah, definitely. The thing that a few things concerned me recently, one was a few years ago where there were all those, the protests in Birmingham yeah. about um, the picture, the LGBTQ plus picture books being used in schools. And the other one is actually a few weeks ago when we went to a party and they had like one of those fancy dress photo booths um, and our little boy, who's two, um, picked up and put on a sparkly pink tiara and was running around with it. Um, and it was interesting. I watched some of the older children who are about seven or eight and they were all looking at him and pointing and laughing that he had this tiara on and I thought... I wasn't cross or anything, but I just thought that's really interesting mm -hmm. that already 
you've somehow picked up on the notion that a two-year-old boy shouldn't, you know, I mean, he had a car in one hand and a yeah. TR in the other and was, you know, and I was like, it was just really interesting for yeah. us to watch and that sort of look at the reaction of other children. So I think, um, I think our awareness of these topics has really um, sort of come along. And I think we just need to keep developing and learning and, you know, using picture books, talking to people in the community, talking to our students. Um, but yeah, I mean, certainly if I look back at my secondary school experience, I mean, it wasn't, I knew nothing about the being gay. There were no gay role models, trailblazers, anything like that, that were ever mentioned. Um, so, and I think that's really damaging. I mean, the, the only thing, the only thing I knew about gay people, um, was things that I picked up from the news and from the other boys around me was that there was something wrong with them. There was something linked to being a paedophile and being dangerous around children. And the third thing that I thought for years is they all got AIDS. Every gay person has AIDS. That was it. That's all I knew. Um, and I think when we allow that level of disinformation to sort of fester in our schools, that is when we start getting lots of problems. So how can we use books and picture books to promote inclusion, diversity and to challenge these misconceptions that you were mentioning? Well, I mean, it started becoming a passion of mine when I was teaching year six um, and Glitterboy, my new book, I may not have mentioned it or not. <laughs> <laughs> Glitz Boy is actually based on one of my experiences as a teacher that a lot of the other year six kids were saying, oh, that's so gay. Oh, this is so gay. You're so gay. And I think it was it was a bit of a shock for me at first because I thought, oh, surely we've moved beyond that. But I think some of the best ways we can do is, first of all, dealing with homophobic, biphobic, transphobic language in our classrooms and playgrounds and actually talking to them about that. Um, but I also think we were doing the Second World War at the time. So I sort of changed around my curriculum and included people like Alan Turing into, and I was talking about how he was a gay man, but how talented he was. Um, that should say, and how talented he was, not but how talented he was. Um, how talented he was, how important he was in the Second World War. And then we sort of talked about what actually happened to him and how homosexuality was illegal at the time. So I think just being able to build in LGBT role models into your curriculum as well, you know, science, arts, geography, that sort of thing. Um, and of course, I'm a big fan of picture books and using inclusive picture books and middle grade books. Um, to introduce different relationships and that sort of thing. So um, in summary, because that was very, very garbled, one, <laughs> one, tackle homophobic language straight away. Yeah. Don't allow it, do not allow it. And two, see if you can weave in LGBTQ plus role models into you know your curriculum and what you're teaching. And three, look for picture books, look for middle grade books that really celebrate our community um, and show children sort of how much joy there is in it, how, um, you know, the protests we've been through, the strength we have, all of those sorts of things. Um, and I think that's important, that sort of celebration of the community as well. Very often 
everything in our lives is sort of surrounded by trauma and sadness mm. you know but i think actually sort of shining that light and being positive about the community and all the role models and brilliant people we have um is a really positive step um in sort of inclusion in your school You've already mentioned Alan Turing already and another person that people study when they look at LGBT history is Marsha P. Johnson. And I think the problem is with those is while they're so important to learn about, they both have very sad endings. And I think this is where picture books and stories can come into their own to support our LGBT youth because they can have happy endings uh, and give hope to our youth that it's not always a sad ending. So onto your book. So where do your inspirations come from? Certainly with Nen. Um... It was just at the beginning, just before the pandemic, um, we knew we were going to adopt. Um, and I was sort of thinking, I'd really like our child, whoever they may be, to be able to see their dads in a story and say, oh, that's like dad and daddy. <laughs> um, so there was that that really sort of pushed me. The second one was, um, it must have stayed in my mind because a teacher in year four said to me, like, Ian, you shouldn't really be writing about mermaids. Like, you know, um, can you stop now? Because I used to write everything about mermaids and going on adventures with mermaids. And the message was very clear, like, you know, little boys don't write about mermaids. Um, so that must have stuck in my head of, and it must have been like, well, I'll show you. <laughs> Possibly. And the other thing as well, well, I mean, referring back to that sort of hard traumatic experience of secondary school is really just to I think of books as a way there's a lovely quote about books and I can't remember who it's from but it's about books being weapons for the weak not weapons as in guns and things like that but weapons as in a template a roadmap for change mm. so when you are in a position of weakness we start to think about not what has been and what's always been but we read so we can think about what could be and all those possibilities that are out and how we can change the world so i think that's really important in my writing that you thought that i sort of pass on to my young readers you know things may be tough for you at the moment you know growing up gay lesbian um, bisexual you know transgender is very difficult but there is hope and there is strength in our community and friendships. Um, so that's really sort of my three areas of inspiration. That's amazing, Ian. And, and I can't believe we're at the end of uh, our discussion. Um, so to finish off, what would you like to say to the LGBT youth of today? Um, one, you're brilliant. So being brilliant. Um, two, I would say stick together. Um, you know, it's so difficult um, and it, well, it's so easy to sort of tear each other down and infighting and arguing in the community, but stick together um, and work together for change. And also, I mean, it's so difficult, um, but I was so ashamed that I was bullied um, at school. I was like, I'm not telling anyone that I've been bullied. I was like, oh, what will people think of me? And no one will do anything anyway but I wish that I had told someone, anyone, um, that I was being bullied and how, you know, close to the edge I really was. Um, so try and find someone to reach out to. There are charities, you know, phone lines, 
lots of ways that you can be supportive if you don't sort of have any trustworthy adults around you or friends but just reach out and tell someone I wish so much that I had and just I wish I'd sat down one day and just said I'm not going into school this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me um I'm not going into school and this is why but I think when you're being bullied for being gay you immediately think if I tell someone I'm being bullied, they're going to say to me, well, why are you being bullied? And I'll have to say, they all think I'm gay. And then the follow-up question will be, well, are you gay? And I don't know, I don't know, I, you know. Um, so I just think, just find someone you can tell and speak to um, would be my biggest advice, even if it's just a friend or, you know, a charity or anyone that can support you. Um, and I think... With Glitter Boy, a lot of it is about being proud of who you are and celebrating how far you've come, how much joy and happiness and freedom there is when you believe in yourself. So um, just keep going. Just keep going one step at a time um, is all I can say now that I'm old and grizzled. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Ian. It has been incredibly inspiring to hear about your school life, where you've come from, um, to where you are now and the success you've had. And I know that your books are going to make such a difference to so many children, not only LGBT children, but all children. Uh, I'm going to help to improve the uh, way we look at diversity in schools. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, this has been Staff Room Soapbox. Make sure you click and subscribe. And if you've enjoyed today's show, please give us a five star rating. It helps us to spread word of the show. Until next time, thank you so much and goodbye.